This is WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Right now that time, 816, you're listening to WGNS, and this is the Action Line. And our guest in studio this morning, we have Murphy's Bro City Councilman Bill Shacklett. How are you this morning? Good morning, Scott. Yeah, good to be with you. Kind of subbing for the mayor this morning, and uh, you've got the B team. Well, maybe the C or the D team, not just the B team, (laughs) but uh, happy to be with you this morning. Beautiful morning out there. I I was kind of afraid we're going to wake up to a little rain after yesterday. Yeah, well, you you never can tell this time of the year you know one day it's like 30 and the next year next day it's 80 so uh, that's, so that's kind of the way that the history of our area yeah I, I was kind of surprised when we started hitting 80 degrees you know just last week and then at night it'd be down to like 35 I know, I know. and you're always hoping that spring will break Fi- finally <laughs> it will get there and uh, all of us are hoping that it'll get here pretty quick because we really enjoy you know that warmer weather it seems like uh, we've earned it this year seems <laughs> that's right I, i'm ready for the summer for a change i think we all are i think we all are so what all is new and happening in the city of murphy's bro because man we're growing by leaps and bounds so we're always hearing something new every day it seems like well there's always something going on we have a workshop uh today that we'll be discussing some uh issues that are current on our on our uh, uh, agenda uh certainly uh, the establishment of our community investment trust program Program. Uh, the actual document that will create that trust is before us uh, in our workshop today. Uh, we've got some renovations that are taking place in a building that the fire uh, administration and our Parks and Rec will uh, be uh, occupying on Thompson Lane. That That's part of what's going on today. And, and then a uh, development agreement between the county and the uh, county school board for to provide sewer at the elementary and middle school uh, uh, planned uh, buildings on uh, out in Blackman. Uh, that'll be on our agenda today as well. I know we had the director of the county schools on the air in Jimmy. recent days, and uh, he talked about how they finally have land in the Blackman area, and they were right. looking forward to you know being able to build a new school, and the land's big enough to actually have two schools on it. Yeah, I, I can't remember exactly how many acres it is, but it's a substantial. Uh, they're actually planning an elementary school and a middle school in that area, and the development agreement between the city and the county now provides for some road improvements to that area. Of course, it will be required when you have two schools in an area. Those roads don't really uh, support the kind of traffic that an elementary and a middle school will uh, create. So the city and the county will work to improve Baker Road, I think it is, and Blackman Road out there. I know one of the things he was talking about was how the costs have risen to build things like schools greatly. And, you know, the same school that once could be built for around 10 to 20 million dollars is now at 50 plus million dollars. I still remember the first time back in 2002 or 3, I can't remember exactly when it was, but first time I was on council, uh, we were building a school for 14 million dollars and that same school is 40 or 50 million dollars now. So. It's amazing how it expensive things have gotten 
gotten. Of course, labor costs are up. And in addition to that, the cost of building materials are up as well. Yeah, if you can get them. I mean, yeah. you know, for a time, there was some supply chain issues, you know, getting uh, stuff. It seems like some of that's ironing itself out, but uh, but still always going to have a challenge. And, and in a growth community like us, there's always going to be that uh, that challenge uh, to, to catch up. Well, I don't know that you ever catch up infrastructure in, in a growth community like uh, ours, but uh, – the the bless it's a blessing and growth is a blessing blessing and a curse and we all recognize that you know when it takes us I remember as a child it would take maybe uh, five or ten minutes to get from one side of town to the other and at certain times of day it's a substantially greater amount of time to get from one side of town to the other definitely now I know since you've last been on the air one of the bigger issues that has come up is the development tax and uh, the passing of the development tax yeah uh, development impact fee and we're, we're, uh, that's also part of our discussion today to kind of get an update on that. It's where uh, infrastructure costs can be covered by new construction. And that's basically what it amounts to. And for a time, the, uh, there were some limits on to what the state would allow us to, to charge at that local level. But now it looks like we, we can create some uh, uh, return so that, so that some of that new construction pays for all the infrastructure that it puts back on the, on the citizens. And, of course, I was reading some of the the code that will have to be changed in the city code in order to make this happen Uh, and and there are a lot of things that are still yet to be worked out such as what price will be charged that's one of those things that i guess councilmen will have to come up with well uh, the the thing about an impact most of it it has to be targeted i mean it's not just okay we're just gonna get some more money in the pot yeah it's it's got to you've got to track that money that the people are paying additional costs on their uh, construction what does that pay for and and specifically what is it what are the costs related to that infrastructure that you're saying. So if you're, if the impact is on a, a creation of a road or the creation of a school, uh, water and sewer, uh, whatever the cost of that new construction is, then that's the fee that, that you can charge. And you have to track that. And so, like I say, for a long time, I'm not sure if it was one of those pills we didn't want to swallow at the local level because of the details that were involved on it. But, you know, at this point in time, it's just incumbent upon local government to, to uh, make it not such a burden on the existing property owners and let that new construction, to some degree, pay for itself. And it is going to be a big undertaking. I was reading how, you know, the funds will be divvied up. Let's say, for example, some will go towards schools in that area. Some will go towards parks. Some will go towards police protection or road construction in those areas. When I say in those areas, if I'm not mistaken, the money will stay within the area of that development. If the development is, you know, on South Church, then the money is going to go towards roads, police protection in that area of South Church. However many miles of a circumference that is I don't know well that's the difficult thing because quite (laughs) honestly there's some you know we are interconnected you know one neighborhood doesn't just impact that particular neighborhood when you build a uh, you know a development there is a broader influence on on infrastructure as well impact on on infrastructure and so that figuring that out figuring out how that uh, can help to pay for for those uh, 
extending of roads or widening of roads, uh, additional schools, all that kind of thing is is a it, it's a complicated uh, formula. So uh, yeah, but that's we're 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 committed to going down that road, and I'm I'm glad to see the council's uh, addressing that. Now, if a developer were to have read that, they would say to themselves, "Oh my, <laughs> these funds are going everywhere. It's going to cost me thousands upon thousands upon thousands." But that's not necessarily the case because you're funneling, you know, in some of these different funds, small percentages of the fee into each separate fund. And then I guess the goal is overall it will add up to more. Yeah, many many hands makes light. There's an old proverb: uh, many hands make light the work. Uh, that's what it is to spread that out uh, among uh, you know a small amount over a lot, broad number of individuals and and properties uh, can can really create a whole lot uh, of dollars. And that's that's what the intent is. And it's going to be on a per unit basis. So I guess if you're building a uh, you know 200 unit apartment or condo building it's going to be whatever the fee is times each unit yeah that's the way i understand it as well is that the living units would would be the how you would rate that but again you know that that's the kind of the 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 difficult thing to figure all this out and and how we, we we first began this understanding kind of getting a broad understanding of what impact fees could do and now we're uh, sharpening the pencil to make a, a you know what is applicable to our particular area and to the needs of our particular community that's that's where we are right now is really sharpening that pencil and deciding how do we determine what that cost is and uh, make that fair for all of our citizens new and existing pro- uh, citizens and, and w- of course we are growing by leaps and bounds and I heard recently uh, more information about a new neighborhood that's being developed just outside the city limits off of Franklin Road or Highway 96 and it's going to be roughly a 1100 home development for those who are 55 plus which is a great idea but when you hear 1100 homes you get a little scared and say wow we already have so many people living here and because it's just outside the city limits, how do developments like that impact the city of Murfreesboro itself? Certainly they do. And and for a long time, I, again, remember the first time I was on council, we were struggling with the idea that basically we provide parks and recreation for the county. And uh, how do we help let some of the county residents also help pay for some of the uh, services that we're providing as a city? And we still struggle with that, you know, as to have what is fair and equitable for, for all citizens. Because, quite honestly, it, we we increase increase the cost for the county, all of our city residents, our county residents as well. So, uh, you know, you have to have to kind of realize that there are two sides of a coin. And, and, and as you're making those decisions, uh, try to find the equitable decision for all of that. Because, quite honestly, when the county does something, the city is impacted by that as well. And, and, and we're beginning. I love the... I think the new opportunities, particularly in, in schools, uh, but I think our county government and our city government are certainly working uh, well together now. And, and uh, uh, but but those kind of things to realize that we are all one really community and we all impact the decisions that we make at one level uh, certainly impact the, the decisions at another level. And 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 it's incumbent upon us not to see each other's as adversaries, but to see each other's partners as we go forward. It couldn't be said better because if any 
anybody's questioning well, how do those who live in the county outside the city limits impact the city of Murphy's, bro? Well, gosh, you could write a huge list as to how they impact because every time they come into the city to go grocery shopping, to shop for clothes, whatever it may money. be, that's right. They're ultimately using the services of the city by if they get involved in an accident. Well, you have City of Murfreesboro Respond. fire and police coming. I mean, and I could go on and on, but that's right. it's it's all used together. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and, and the, the fortunate thing, I think, you know, when we, sometimes we get in the details and sometimes we get uh, and uh, get at crosshairs with each other, but, but uh, uh, I think people to people, relationship driven, you know, those of us that know each other at each level, uh, we know each other's heart, we know each other's mind, and and we begin to trust each other uh, instead of looking for the the conflict. Uh, you know, we can find answers. You know, people working together, I think, can always find some answers. And uh, uh, you know, often t- sometimes, uh, you know, it takes a little uh, ripple in the stream to be able to get over that. But if we'll persevere and persist, uh, I remember a phrase that somebody once told me: "With pers- perseverance and persistence yields opportunity." And I, I think that's that's kind of true. In, in how the governments relate to each other. We just have to persevere and persist and uh, be patient sometimes. <laughs> There's another P in there. Uh, uh, that There's an opportunity for us to work together and do the right thing and find the right solution. And if anybody has any questions for Councilman Shacklett this morning, feel free to call those in or text those in. And our internet system appears to be down, but I'm going to try to read any text to the station sure. on my phone and uh, see how how hard that is to do and we uh, we have one text it looks like and it's a long question so i'll try to summarize it a little bit but it says just curious if you guys could probe into this or figure out what's going on involving numerous wrecks at the intersection of river rock boulevard and Cason trail in the last six months it says uh the latest one was just a morning ago and when asked the police they refer us to the city planner and it says we don't really know who to talk to about it but several neighbors have small children and one lady even expressed fear of going out to her front yard i guess in fear of somebody running off the road there Uh, but it goes on to say that there are just numerous wrecks at that site and have been especially over the last six months police radar trailers have been set up on river rock but it has not helped in the long run it only slows people down for the short time so it's asking uh, what can be done about numerous accidents at river rock and Cason trail yeah that, that's a, a difficult area you know we're going to have a a, a, pa- a I guess bypass or a crossover the interstate that'll be coming through that particular River Rock Cason area uh, that certainly will I hope uh, relieve some of the traffic uh, issues in that area because that that is a that is a bottleneck that's a problem uh, area and uh, but let me uh, talk to the police chief and see if we can uh, find some solutions I know I, I've heard that particular area of having uh, not only just uh, 
accident, but also traffic issues in that particular area. It, that is a congested area with lots of people trying to get through that particular area, and the road system doesn't really support the traffic that's that's created there. But uh, you know, it's often through our, our city, and we have some uh, traffic calming uh, uh, that we're trying to do in particular areas that that tries to slow people down and to help that uh, that position. But I certainly recognize that in a residential area like that. Uh, uh, Keeping children safe and keeping pedestrians safe is certainly a, a, a should be a, a very prime uh, uh, interest of our of our community and of our police department. I know they want to. We're trying to find the right solution might be the challenge. And when you look at that particular area and go a little further back towards I-24, and you look at the area of the intersection of I-24 at Highway 99. Right you are starting to see a lot of development out there i mean of course not too long ago that giant camper store opened up then you have the shooting range out there then costco is at the same area and then to top it off pretty soon you're going to have the extension of rutherford boulevard that will connect go over the interstate and connect right there kind of behind riverdale high school on warrior drive so so we're talking about even more growth right right and 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 some of that uh you know is in the pipeline for many many years of all the, that growth that's in that area and and again it's that challenge of keeping infrastructure up to growth and it seems like you're always behind the curve uh, you know I, when Salem when 99 was being expanded right there in front of uh, WOC it was it was a pain uh, bridge over broad do you remember when that particular uh, oh yeah I mean for a time we all were holding our breath and and trying to find some alternative around to avoid that particular intersection because it created so much uh, uh, congestion uh, so you know, hopefully we can do better. We can continue to, to make improvements. I know everything's uh, on our uh, major thoroughfare plan is trying to address all these issues uh, that are happening in our community. The issue is, uh, again, uh, trying to get it caught up to where we don't. Uh, I mean, we're always behind the curve, it seems like. And, of course, that bridge over Broad was a construction project that it took years to complete. And I'm curious, are, are we going to see, do you think, possibly years for that Rutherford Boulevard over I-24. Do you think that's going to take years to complete? Well, it's coordinating with the state, too. You know, you have to coordinate anything over the interstate. You have to coordinate with the state and the federal government to make sure that uh, that timing is done in an appropriate way, too. So I'm not sure exactly. How it's it's on our major thoroughfare plan. I just don't have it in front. The mayor is better at this than me. <laughs> he stores all this stuff. I've defragged my hard drive since then, so I don't remember the specific dates on that. Uh, but, but uh, you know, coordinating all of the entities that have to be brought together to make something like a crossover and inter, uh, an interstate is is uh, is a difficult thing. I don't know how you memorize half the stuff you do oh when it comes goodness. to the it council. Harder. I'm telling you, as you get older, Scott, it becomes a little bit more difficult. I have to carry a lot of notes with me. My wife tell uh, you know I used to make fun because she would uh, put little uh, stick them. What do you call those? Oh, uh, those stick up notes. The stick up note things, you know, around you know to make sure I was remembering certain things, you know. And I thought, well, you don't have to do that. I can remember that now i welcome those stick of notes <laughs> I, I don't blame you <laughs> i welcome having the reminders <laughs> now in the city limits of murphy's role are we going to see any more i guess annexations because from what i understand uh i believe a neighborhood was just recently approved and it's going to be another large scale neighborhood just past rockville middle and rockville high school and and that will be in the city limits so it looks like 
Well, that means that would have to be annexed, right? And I think it was approved. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that was uh, out there uh, close to the school. Yeah, that, that came through a couple of times, and we extended sewer to that particular uh, uh, uh development but yeah uh, I don't know of course the the state requires that it be requested from the property owners as opposed to you know the city actually annexing uh, we have some restrictions on our, our ability to annex so I, I don't know I mean I think every situation every circumstance has its own uh, positives and negatives and so you have to kind of take those uh, as they present to you, uh, you and, and, and I think to some degree that's probably good uh, because I think at one point in time, and one of the reasons I think that uh, encouraged the state to say, wait a minute, local government, you can't just extend service because you're trying to bring people under your umbrella to charge taxes, local taxes. you have to have there are some constraints on local government's ability to annex and, uh, and and do it arbitrarily and then not necessarily provide the services that you're saying you you, you were going to provide but tax people for them so uh, there's some constraints on local government's ability to to annex and every situation has to be considered with its particulars, all the particular information. What does it do? What what are the implications of annexation? Should it not be annexed? So that that's kind of has to, each situation is speaks for itself. I remember just a few years back before the new Rockville High School opened, and the county schools were saying over and over again, you know, whenever we build new schools, what comes with it are the builders houses. and the growth in houses. houses. Yeah, <laughs> and, rooftops. And yeah, sure enough, you know that this is the second of two neighborhoods out that direction that are going to be brand new, one of which is already half built. Uh, But this other neighborhood that's just past Rockville High, it looks like it's going to be nice homes. I mean, of course, these days you can't afford to build homes that are starter homes anymore because cost of property is so high. Right, right. And that is the other side. We can talk about that for affordable housing in our our neighborhood. There's lots of things that uh, and how we local, uh, local government uh, encourages and supports. Uh, we have a Broad Street Redevelopment Program that WGNS is a uh, yeah. part of that whole project, but we have a Hometown Heroes kind of component to that uh, Broad Street development that, that addresses some of that uh, low-cost housing or lower-cost housing, let's say it that, lower-cost housing either purchase or rental for uh, first responders and for teachers. Uh, that development will have uh, that opportunity. We're actually going to be considering that today uh, uh, as a part of our workshop. Uh, so, so I mean, and, and that's just one one tool that the the uh, local government can have in encouraging development uh, of lower costs and then uh, you know uh, but we have a significant shortage of low-cost housing in our community and we have to find creative ways and we're looking at those creative ways to be able to provide uh, lower costs because it is ridiculous now I mean I don't know about you I, I get one of those was it open door or whatever something like that it seems like I get that every day of, would you sell your house and I thought, well, I could sell it for a price that I, you know, that seems like ridiculous considering when I paid for it back in 85. 
but where would I go? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure I could afford the new house. These so, days, you'd have to turn around and spend the exact amount you received just to buy a house. To buy something less, probably. Maybe, yeah. maybe something even less than what you have. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, again, it's that yin and yang of, of a growth community. Uh, it's There's the positive side of it, but there's definitely the negative side of it, too. And what your local government's trying to do is to balance all of those things and try to, to do the right thing. I, I can promise you that we, there our staff, I, I so appreciate the people that work at the city and uh, the people that are trying to uh, balance all of these balls in the air and, and be fair and do the right thing. Uh, often I think, you know, before I got involved, I would s sit back and think there's some smoke-filled room that people are making decisions, you know, that just benefit themselves. But I can tell you from the inside looking out, that's not the way it is. We're not we're not doing that. We're trying to figure out what is the right thing to do and 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 fair thing to do. And do we make mistakes? Yes, we do. We being fair and honest. We do make mistakes. Uh, we go two steps forward and then we take three steps back. But we're trying to do the right thing, and, in a, and it makes it very difficult in a, a, a growth community to do the right thing every time. Uh, every once in a while, we hit hit ball. I coach little league baseball, like you know. It's a, <laughs> every once in a while we get a hit. Sometimes we even hit a home run, but sometimes we strike out. And uh, you know that that's the uh, the thing about doing it. Just keep trying and try to to do the right thing. And that's really what the local government's trying to do. Again, Murfreesboro City Councilman Bill Shacklett on air with us today. And when you start talking about lower cost housing. It may no longer be a house on its own lot. It may be that you have to start looking for a townhome, a condo, something along those lines. And the lower cost may come in with the condo or townhome being a two-bedroom townhome as opposed to a three. And just having that availability of two-bedroom units being slightly cheaper than a three-bedroom unit. Exactly. That, that may equal your lower cost housing. Yeah, we have to be more intentional about thinking what our needs are. Yeah. You know, so often uh, we just, you know, what what do I like? We want biggest and best. We want the biggest and ever. You know, we all we well, what I want. Well, the issue is what can you, what can you support? What can your income support? You have to be more intentional about that. I, I am so happy to see what's happened over behind Oakland's and in the redevelopment over there, Murfreesboro Housing Authority, and we're planning the same thing on Martin Luther King Boulevard. Uh, go over there if you haven't had an opportunity. I'd encourage the citizens to just drive through that neighborhood and look at what's being done over there. That is transforming that development. I remember back in the 50s when uh, I was just little and going back over there uh, and, and seeing, and it was uh, cinder block buildings, uh, brick, uh, you know, and it was the housing project, like Franklin Road, uh, uh, Franklin Heights, I think it was called, and uh, we had three of them uh, on Mercury Boulevard and and uh, and then behind Oakland's. Uh, they were all the same, and it was it looked like subsidized housing. It, I mean, it it looked like a housing project. Go over there and look at what's being done over there now. It, it does not look like a housing project. It looks like any other development that we've had in our community, and that's subsidized housing, but it is creating communities for people and families to grow their children, uh, to experience each other, to know their neighbors, to walk the streets. It is a beautiful development. You know, and I think that changes everything in a lot of ways because I'm going to use this for as an, as an example John C. Napier Housing Complex in Nashville okay. is one of the highest crime-rated areas in all of Davidson County. Right. And it looks like that old-school 
project, government style project housing complex. Right, right. And it hasn't changed much. Right. But when Nashville started implementing newer style government subsidized housing that actually looks like you're in a real neighborhood and one that's not an apartment complex, but instead you have houses with concrete board siding. You've got houses with with a mixture of brick and hardy board. Mm -hmm. And then Murfreesboro is going that route as well. But for Nashville, it changed a lot. It, it reduced the crime rate by a major amount in those areas. And I think it's going to do the exact same thing over time right here as well. And it's going to allow for these folks who are moving in or maybe in some cases back in a chance to feel that that pride of having, you know, hey, this is my house and yeah, this is, I love the way it looks. That's it, Scott. And I, I think of what makes your neighborhood special wherever you live in our community. It makes it special because you know somebody in your neighborhood. You know your neighbor. Yeah. You care about your neighbor. You care about your community. If the garbage is left out too long, you'll go pick up your garbage it from your neighbor. I mean, because we care about each other, it's relationship driven. And and because we care about our the looks of our neighborhood, the safety of our neighborhood, we look out for for each other I mean this goes back to forever how, how do we create neighborhoods we create relationships between people that care about each other and then all of a sudden all of that dynamic the family dynamic the uh, whole community dynamic changes and that's what I think Murfreesboro Housing was doing when they changed the design isn't it, isn't it subtle how we as human beings respond to the subtlest change in design can make a huge difference in the outcome of, of the communities that we build and I'm excited to see what happens at Oakland uh, Park and over at uh, 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 Boulevard or Murphy, uh, Martin Luther King <laughs> Boulevard. I have to, you know, if you've been around for any length of time, you have to reshuffle your deck every so often, you know, to get the words right. But but that that because uh, I remember as a, a child, my dad uh, would carry us over for Sunday school at uh, Franklin Heights. Uh, our church did a Sunday school in Franklin Heights every Sunday morning, and we would go over there and 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 have church, uh, basically in the projects. Uh, love those folks and just love the relationship. But I also remember thinking, man, this would be a hard place to live on a daily basis. Uh, this this would be a hard just the aesthetics of living in an environment like that. Uh, and and they're good people, good, wonderful, wholesome people that live there. Yes, there's uh, troublemakers and problems that we have that live there as well. But but it would have been a tough neighborhood to live in. And but now when you've got sidewalks, when you've got porches where people can talk to each other and see each other on a daily basis and walk their dogs and feel like uh, they're connected to a, something positive and they're vested in the community in the neighborhood that they're living in. You know, w- when you look at schools and you look at teenagers and how teenagers treat one another and then you have one child whose family literally has nothing and they're going to school in jeans that you know they're they're four inches too short their shoes are dirty or torn and ripped up that teenager feels embarrassed to be there you know sadly and as kids are they sometimes make fun of those teens they poke (laughs) yeah and and that teen just feels like he he's not enough he doesn't add up to anything he has no self-respect exactly well the same is true when it comes to where you live if you give folks who have nothing who don't have the ability to have what's equal to somebody who's making 200 grand a year 
when you give them something that looks nice and it allows them to at least get that feeling that I'm like anybody else. I live somewhere that I, I look I look at and I, I want to take care of. I'm proud of now where I lived and everybody and everybody around me, they don't realize that I live in government housing anymore. They yeah, drive past you, it and it looks you've like you've changed the trajectory of their lives. You've changed the trajectory of a child's life, of a family's life, because all this stuff changes when they actually see value and worth. The glass, instead of being half empty, and they're holding on for the dear life to just what they have for today. They change that because they see the glass half full and they have hope and they look for something and want to make something of themselves and of their family's condition. And uh, it, it's, it's really, uh, and it's incumbent for all of us. I mean, our whole community, this is not just something that happens because of Murfreesboro Housing Authority. I mean, this is just a, a, a part, this is a step, but we need to do more of this in our community. Our developers need to be a part of this. You know, we need to be considering what, uh, how, how developers can be a part of this, because quite honestly, uh, what is a rising tide uh, raises all the ships basically so if if we can somehow meet the needs of of the the less fortunate the, uh, the those folks in our community then we'll all be a better and our community will be a better community for having done that again councilman bill shacklett on the air with us this morning we are going to take a short break but we will be right back our number to call in 615-893-1450 again 615-893-1450 again we will be right back hi this is peter demas join our family at demas's restaurant so many people buy so many different things you know i go out to eat and i like eating steak my wife will end up getting our salmon. Our salmon is cut fresh, so she loves our salmon. It's one of those places that you can go. You can get pastas or chicken. You know, the kids love it. Get what you want at Demas's Restaurant and not be limited just to one or two items. Join our family at Demas's Restaurant, 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. We're talking with Pat Wingo at Adams Place. You can get as involved or not as you want to. I love the activities. I love the live entertainment. The Adams Place makes fun. I love the card playing. I love the people. I love the staff. I love the food. And there's as much to do as you want to do. I'm blessed. Hi, this is Terry Deal at Adams Place. Call me for more information about Adams Place. 1927 Memorial Boulevard, across from Walmart. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Dust off your walking shoes and help raise donations for homeless veterans. Join the Murphy's Row VA for the VA 2K Walk and Roll Wednesday, May 17th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Registration's free and donations like new clothes and hygiene products can be dropped off during the race. Get fit for a great cause and help out homeless veterans at the VA 2K Walk and Roll on Wednesday, May 17th. VA 2K Walk and Roll, May 17th at the Murphy's Row VA, 11 to 1. 
Sunny for today, highs top out near 86 degrees, winds east-northeasterly around 5 miles per hour, and then tonight clear to partly cloudy and lows drop to 62. I'm Phil Jensko on News Radio WGNS. Right now it's 58. Overnight, Good Neighbor Talk turns to UFOs, aliens, the unknown. It's coast-to-coast AM overnight every night on WGNS Murfreesboro. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. You're listening to WGNS again on this Wednesday morning. And this morning we have Murfreesboro City Council Member Bill Shacklett. And uh, man, as fast as we are growing, I'm I'm sure you, you get calls all the time. On, being on the City Council today is not like being on the City Council a few years back. <laughs> calls, well, emails, text, I don't know, everything, right? <laughs> that, well, that's true. It, it is it is interesting. And, uh, you know, I, one of the reasons I got involved in, in uh, this particular thing is because I, I really do enjoy help, helping folks uh, try to understand, uh, you know, their government. And, and, you know, there is some logic flow, although sometimes it, it may not seem like that. But there is a flow to the decisions that we make and to help, under, under, help people understand the, the process that we, we came to a particular conclusion. And... Uh, and I enjoy that interaction. And sometimes, even when it's a, uh, you know, there's an issue that's uh, uh, contentious, uh, you know, I, I do enjoy uh, helping people understand each other. Uh, and I try to be that arbiter of that um, and kind of see my role as that. It's certainly my nature to try to uh, let's make peace, not war, <laughs> you know. Uh, and, and, uh, so anyway, uh, you know, like like I say, I think in the way things are coming at you now, uh, quite honestly, there is a, there's a lot on our plate. Uh, but quite honestly, we have just the remo- most remarkable staff uh, that try to keep us between the lines, help us make decisions that are uh, with the right and proper in- information, uh, and not just throw us, uh, you know, bones and, and and say make a decision. We actually have some, uh, you know, enough information to make. The proper decision and like I say for the most part I think we do a pretty good job Uh, uh, you know certainly like I say we don't do everything perfect but but I think for the most part we kind of you know we're certainly trying to make the right decision and the interesting thing is that even when we disagree on council and all of us come with a different kind of uh, background or a different perspective on making those decisions when we're we disagree uh, when we get to a a vote and there's seven of us including the mayor if we get to the point of four people have decided this is the direction we need to go then we will be behind it we're not going to sit there the three that might have been against it might say not say well I wasn't for it the issue is that's the decision of council once we've determined what the will of council is we are all supportive of it a couple of years ago a, a company came into Murfreesboro and they said we're going to build a massive sports complex sports venue and it's going to be on Broad Street at 840 uh-huh. and as anybody knows because there's been news story after news story about how th- that organization has started running into some financial problems in uh, I believe Arizona uh, and that's kind of trickling into well they're going to have financial problems here too then right, right. and so now that land is 
back to the whole square one and, and we don't know what's coming next. But is anybody interested or has anybody purchased or made an effort to say, all right, I'm going to take that land and do X, Y, Z with it now. Yeah, uh, and we have yet to be determined on that. I mean, the, the the last couple of years have caused a lot of companies to come into financial problems. Oh yeah, for a variety of reasons. So, uh, you know, I, I, and some somebody, a friend of mine, were talking the other day that, that uh, about, about the. Uh, uh, project out there uh, legacy sports and I thought if, if they'd have started in Murphy's bro they might have had a better uh, survivability chance. rating yeah there. they might have had a better chance than in, in starting in Arizona because uh, our particular location uh, lends itself and, and certainly we have uh, uh, attracted a lot of sports events here in this area and our location is the advantage you know whether it's in Tennessee where east and west can come to middle Tennessee and have an equal distance between you know travel uh, in the region things north and south can come to middle Tennessee can come to Murfreesboro and and have events and they're doing it right now goodness you know that uh, uh, softball uh, baseball uh, tournaments all or soccer are all coming to to Murfreesboro so I think if they had started in Murfreesboro they might have had a better uh, economic uh, uh, chance than, than starting in Arizona. But regardless, those are things you have to deal with again when they are presented to you. You look at the situation, you look at the opportunity, and uh, and that was something that uh, that looked uh, looked like it was appropriate. And uh, and then timing just didn't work out. So I, I you know, the issue is, uh, fortunately, we have a smorgasbord of of things that we can choose from. And there'll be something else that will present itself for that uh, property. I think that it was a, a, a timely thing for the pro property owners that said, we got to move on, as opposed to let this thing continue to say, extend to another opportunity, another deadline, another deadline. We've got to extend. It's time to rein in the thing and look for another opportunity. And and, and the city faces those some of those same kind of decisions with di different projects that are presented to us. So I, I think that's that's where we are now is uh, you, you just deal with things as they come at you, you know. And fortunately, we're, we haven't we have, we're still an attractive place to be. Uh, there are people looking for opportunities to invest in our community. There's uh, whether they be uh, a commercial investment or something else. They're looking to come to. Uh, we're still a very attractive community uh, for business and for residents to come to. Any new news on any big announcements, big companies, or uh, announcements of, uh, I don't know, even big retail stores coming into our area in recent days? Well, uh, I think I wait for the proper people <laughs> to make those announcements. Uh, but, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, we're, we're, uh, there's always things that are on the table. And we were talking the other day uh, about, uh, you know, kind of getting a, a regular briefing so we all kind of stay on the same page as to what's on the table for opportunities uh, sometimes it's not appropriate to, to uh, for individual councilmen or our individuals to make announcements it's ready it's it's better for them to be announced uh, you know publicly at one time but uh, but anyway though that we certainly have lots of opportunities and we're like we're like that guy that's got lots of people that he can ask for a date there's lots of people want to date us <laughs> and the fortunate thing is that we can pick and choose what is the best opportunity for our community at this time and what is the uh, you know for our future and 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 those kind of decisions uh, you know are, are certainly live before us 
We only have about 60 seconds or so left, but I know in recent months, the exchange of land between Middle Tennessee Electric and the city of Murfreesboro was confirmed and took place. Now the big question is, is a school going to be built on the city's new property and also a park, I guess, along Veterans Parkway in that area? Well, I'll do, I will do a little private <laughs> soliciting, I mean, uh, presenting now, because I, I certainly think a, a school we set aside line uh, land for uh, that development uh, of the 144 acres to uh, build a new school we also have a park going to go there and I hope we can have a new library go there I hope we can have a library in that area I, I think it'd be very appropriate for that community to have a, a functional a, a well uh, a place for for a library and I think we've got enough land on that property to put uh, set aside uh, on that side of the interstate to be able to create a library for for that side of our community and I'm, I'm hoping we'll have a school I hope we'll have a, a park and I hope we'll have a library there Again, joining us this morning has been Murfreesboro City Council member Bill Shacklett. As always, thank you for joining us today. Oh, it's been a pleasure, Scott. Have a great day. Stay with us. More news to come, including Chip Walters. He'll be on the air in just a few minutes. Stay with us. Local news is next.